0: Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your guest. This is not your guest. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. We have got a great show tonight. We have writer, teacher, and medium. Paul Selig is returning to Guys Guys Radio. He's got a new book called The Book of Truth, and it's fantastic. It's part of the Mastery Trilogy book, too. And uh, I can't wait to bring Paul out on the show. He's been here a couple of times, and... Uh, I think his work is uh, groundbreaking and it's a uh, life changing. I, you know, I, I was in a bookstore about, I don't know, five years ago or so. And I, sometimes a book just catches your eye and uh, we were at a little bookstore uh, on fifth, right off of fifth Avenue and 20, I don't know if was 20, I think 14th street. And uh, I just saw the book and I took it home and I read it and I didn't quite grasp it. And I, Because of me, not because of how the book was written, because it's a channel text, but uh, I read it again and things started to click. I had my wife read it. I asked her to read it and she did. And then uh, we took we took one of uh, Paul's workshops. I took one and then we took one together. And then a couple of days after the workshop, uh, weekend workshop, workshop, uh, my wife and I uh, created a baby. And that was four years ago. And we kind of track back the time to determine, you know, when she conceived. But uh, it's just been groundbreaking. And uh, he, he's uh, he's just one of a kind. And I, I can't wait to get him on on the show here. As you can tell, I'm a little nervous. The one guest I have, this is almost dark. My we're approaching 250 shows on Guys Guys Radio. And the only guest I ever get nervous for is Paul Selig. I don't know why. Maybe it's because uh, his work is so important to me personally, but uh, I'm a little bit bit nervous, so I'm going to try to get hold of myself. So let's talk about what's going on. You know, Guys Guys Radio is the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. It all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. Story of two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money, and from there we started Guys Guys Radio. And it's interesting. Uh, I did a one-on-one session with Paul and the Guides, and I was talking about my radio show, which I just started at the time, and it was suggested to me that maybe I would do it once a week and keep going with it. And it's really, it's really taken off, and I'm, I'm thrilled about that. And uh, the arc of the show has expanded from strictly being about relationships. To being about uh, to to really uh, bringing on a lot of uh, spiritual teachers and writers and really fascinating people from a lot of different fields and all in the area of pursuit of happiness. My website's robertmanny.com, where I do a weekly blog, uh, an in-depth blog. A lot of them are syndicated. A lot of my posts are also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, kind of all over social media. Uh, Guys Guys Radio, as I mentioned, we have done a close to 250 podcasts now, and we're on Blog Talk Radio, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. If you want to support the show, uh, you can download our, any podcast for free, but if you subscribe, rate, or review on iTunes, that would be a big help. And of course, pl- please feel welcome to purchase my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. I've got a couple of other books being pitched right now and we'll see what happens you know proposals take a while to write and it takes a while to get the right answers but if you if you believe in what you're doing you got to keep at it so real quick let's just go through what's going on in the world today then we'll bring paul on and then later in the show i'll do the guy's guy's guy. and i'm going to do about anxiety because uh, i had my annual uh mri this past week a couple of days ago actually and uh uh Back in 2014, I had a health scare. I was running. I'm a runner and I had tremendous pain in my left side and I had to get a a CAT scan and they found I had a little something going on in each kidney. So I got two robotic surgeries within five weeks and uh, it really changed my perspective on everything. But, you know, one thing I got, it it actually gave me kind of a 2.0 in terms of my life. It changed things and it told me that all of us, have a lot more power than we think we do. I was, uh, I remember before the second surgery, I could tell when I met with my uh, surgeon, he was a little nervous because they weren't sure how they're going to handle uh, my right kidney. And uh, you don't want a nervous surgeon. And he's terrific too. He's the best. And uh, I noticed that. And uh, then there was a delay. I had to sit in the little room where you wait to get called into the operating room. And you're sitting there and you've got the gown on and a little cap on the, you wear that net and then the socks and very vulnerable. And all of a sudden, a little a, a calm came over me and a kind of voice inside my head and said, you've been do- doing all this work on yourself. You have the power to help out these people who are going to go inside your physical body, help them out, you can do it. So I was like, wow. And then I got called in. And as I lay on the table, and right before they were going to give me the anesthesia, I grabbed the arm of uh, one of the doctors and said, I'm going to help you out. I am going to release, I'm going to release this right to you. And uh, sure enough, when I woke up after the surgery, my surgeon was there with a big smile on his face. And I said, what happened? Uh, have it going. He said, it just plopped right out. It almost fell out of you. So we're very pleased. It couldn't have gone better. And uh, that, that really sunk in that we do have a lot more power. We have, People have the particle of God within them, and we have been suppressed not to nurture that and It's people like Paul Selig and his books and other people like him who are helping us kind of uh, recognize the godlike qualities uh, in ourselves as well as and equally if not more importantly in others and it's so easy to go about our day to day and see read about these horrible random things that people do with each other. I just saw a thing the other day, you know, a guy was on a bicycle and he got sucker punched and he went into a coma and you're like, why would anybody, what kind of world are we living in? And it's just that, I guess that God particle has, has not been, has not had a chance to emerge the way it needs to. And I, Paul's going to explain some of that stuff to us uh, when I bring him on. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's challenging for all of us to deal with, the world we live in, but we can do it and it can it, things can get better with a group consciousness as everybody's elevating their frequency it'll affect millions and millions of people if we all do it and we all p- resist getting pulled down into the mire don't take in too much media don't take in too much news focus on working on yourself from the inside out do the best you can recognize the God. In everybody that you come across every day, and that'll help the world. That's how we save ourselves, save everybody else. So uh, I'm going to skip over all the other stuff I was going to talk about because I want to get right to uh, Paul. so let me tell you a little bit about Paul and then we'll bring him right on. As I mentioned this week, writer, teacher, and medium Paul Selig is back on Guys Guys Radio. He's a renowned clairvoyant channel and empath and he's the author of the ground Breaking I am the Word series trilogy of channeled texts, laying out an extraordinary program for personal and planetary evolution as humankind awakens to its own divine nature. And his latest book is The Book of Truth. And I find it's the best book he's he's channeled yet, but I say that with every new book. It's the second entry in another trilogy that, in a trilogy, actually his first trilogy, that provides practical guidance and otherworldly insight to help readers achieve fulfillment and peace. So let's bring him on right now. Good evening, Paul, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I really appreciate coming back to the show. And I was, uh, I was talking with my wife today, and I was like, what, what kind of things, what should I ask Paul about? And uh, we start talking about the guide. So if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you some questions. I'll ask you one question about the book of truth, but I want to get into the guides a little bit. So mm-hmm. let's start with the book of truth. Why, why this book and kind of why now? Is it a step along the path that the guides have laid out for elevating our frequency? Why do you think they've chosen this book right now?
1: Well, you know, my understanding of how they're working right now is that they've been bringing through sequentially in every text a system of our aligning to our true nature, divine self, whatever you want to call it, and actually realizing it in physical form so that our physical lives and our expression in this world contributes to an awakening of a, of a whole new world that we can be a part of. There's a teaching that they brought through, um, In the last book, which is, you know, the Book of Mastery, where they begin Mm -hmm. to sort of break down the teaching that they brought through in a book prior to that, which is, I know who I am, I know what I am, I know how I serve. The Book of Mastery, in many ways, was the unpacking of the teaching of, I know who I am, which is the reclamation of the identity that we hold in our true nature as the divine self. My understanding of the Book of Truth is that what they're really doing is unpacking the claim of, I know what I am. I know what I am in form and energetic field as the divine self. Now, I don't have a lot of say. Actually, I have no say in -hmm. what the next book is going to be and what they're going to talk about. So my understanding is that the Book of Truth, where they're talking about the vibration of truth as being present here on this plane and essentially recreating the lives we live, the landscapes that we live in, and who and what we have thought we were to help us realize who we are in truth is really the essential teaching for this time to move us all
0: forward. Now, uh, the guys themselves... um Who, who, in your estimation, who are they, and what is their real purpose and role? Well, I mean, they say that they're teachers.
1: You know, the only reason they're called the guides is that my ex used to, when when my ex found out I was a psychic, used to say, ask the guides this, ask the guides that. So now they're called the guides. I'm fully fine with that. But they say that they're teachers. The name that they use when they use it, um, at least in the last book, the Book of Mastery, they said, you know, if you want to call us something, you can call us Melchizedek, which is a very old name. And it's also a lineage or a priesthood right. of mm-hmm. teachers. So that's one of the names they've used. Sometimes they've claimed the Christ consciousness is what they are expressing as that level of consciousness. Um, but my experience of them really is that they're, they're a collective I've only seen in, in meditation um, one of them in this process and he's quite something to look at um, and that was a wonderful experience for me because it was great for me to see what I've been feeling all these years and it was very much seeing the outpicturing of, of the energy that I experience. But for the most part, we're looking at non-physical reality so when you get into the ideas of names and all of those things, we're sort of trying to ascribe our
0: reality to something that may be well beyond that. Mm -hmm. And for the benefit of our, uh, our listeners, uh, Paul, you channel the the books, so you don't physically write them. They come through you and they're transcribed and no editing Mm -hmm. or anything. They just come right through over a period of days, weeks or whatever. Correct. Mm -hmm.
1: That's exactly right. There's no writing involved
0: at all. So, what else? I, I don't mean to be trite about this, but what mm-hmm. else? Do, what else do the guides do? I mean, they channel through you.
1: Um,
0: they teach a, a, through they, me. I
1: have no idea. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a radio, so it's like asking the radio what the broadcast is doing when the radio's not tuned in. So that's actually, I suppose, if somebody were to sit down with with me when I'm channeling and a list of questions about that kind of stuff, we may get some information. But they're coming through with a very specific purpose, which is to bring this teaching through. And they're bringing it through at every opportunity in in texts and workshops, and the teaching is progressive. So, again, I I can't answer the question because I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually never occurred to me to ask it.
0: Do you know uh, if they work with other folks like yourself, other empaths and channels? Are they strictly working with you? I mean...
1: The teaching that they're delivering, they're saying that they're bringing through me because it's a specific teaching that's coming through in sequence. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to having 27 people trying to add on sort of appendixes to these things, I think they're keeping it clean. I don't think that I'm the only channel that's probably working with this collective but I think they're working with me in a very specific way so I don't know why they would call mm-hmm. themselves the guides or this to somebody else because that's specific to me occasionally somebody shows up and they say hi I'm a new channel for Seth and I go you know I don't know if I buy that because mm-hmm. I don't know if Seth would need to come through it that in that same way through another consciousness he may be re-identified or something so this idea of of the guides working with their students is something that I'm very comfortable with because they talk about that and that there's a level of sponsorship that they bring through when they're working with people um, but I haven't heard of other people actually I have heard of other people who sort of say that they're working with this but it feels to me that they're working with the idea of it as opposed to the specific sort of logic and and vibration at this point after having you know work with this group for a period of time i'm very comfortable with them and the language that they come through so if somebody says i'm channeling paul's guides and they're they're talking about thermonuclear war i'm going to say mm-hmm. wait a minute that's not them that's not what they come through about you may be channeling somebody else um but this isn't their teaching or how they
0: express do you understand Yes, yes. Do you do you sense that there is uh, a, a sense a hierarchy within the guides in terms of uh, are they all in like the same coming to you from the same dimension or anything like that? Or you j- have just no get idea. their information? Mm-hmm.
1: No, listen, I'm the radio. So you're asking me kinds of questions. It's kind of like I think if we were ch- if I was channeling and these were questions for them, they might want to come through. I I experience them in vibration, and I experience them in language or sound when I'm taking dictation. What happens is my consciousness is receded, like I'm climbing into the back seat of the car, and they're coming forward. I don't know at any given time if they're switching over. There's actually the Book of Truth, which is interesting, I feel was channeled by a bit of a different energy than has channeled some of the other work. And I only know that because of their slight changes in vocabulary. This guide has been known to use the word dear. We'd like to say Mm -hmm. to you dear, and that drives me crazy. It's one of my (laughs) least favorite words. And I'm going, oh, brother, you know, but that's part of the expression of the text, and it was one of the differences that I noticed. But primarily, there's a sameness in vocabulary that I actually am appreciative of because it allows me to trust the transmission. There would be a real difference, I think, between listening to uh, the Beatles and then listening to a cover band. And I want to be really clear mm-hmm. that I'm listening to the real thing. Do you know what I mean? So yes. the repetition of the information and the, the consistency of the teaching from text to text to text, I find very comforting because I don't think that they've ever contradicted themselves. And this is in now five books that were delivered you know, fully formed that didn't require editing. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I have to give them that and trust them to continue to do that
0: as they want to. Okay, I'll put my other questions for now uh, about the guides themselves aside. I just found it mm-hmm. very curious. I was just wondering from your experience, then, Paul, how has this process changed your life, if it has at all?
1: Well, I'm living a very different life than I was. You know, I was a college teacher for 25 years at NYU and a playwright, mostly a college teacher, and I ran a graduate program, and two years ago, I I left that life, and now this is what I do. And I was, you know, when somebody's in a job for 25 years, they're not looking to leave. You mm-hmm. know, I was actually quite comfortable, and I enjoyed my work enormously, you know, over the years. and It was very good for me. So on that level, I'm living a very different life. I travel all over the place now, and this is what I do. On a personal level, I'm a lot less frightened than I used to be, and I forget about this some days because there's a layer of fear that's just not operating. And I, you know, have been a frightened man in many ways and in many areas of my life, and I don't experience myself at that level anymore at all. Um, Who I know myself as has changed somewhat, and which means that I'm I'm less interested in the narrative of my life, which is who I thought I was or was supposed to be, mm-hmm. and I'm more aware of who I am and how I contribute in the day. So a lot of the messaging that I was highly attached to and thought of who I was supposed to be, that stuff has gone gone blown out the window some time ago, and that was really a direct result of of, of aligning to this work, and then continuing to work with it. So beyond that, I don't know. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fully clairsentient at this point, which just is, is shocking to me, because I'm not somebody who, as a, as, as a younger man, considered himself to be terribly unique or psychic. I had psychic experiences as a child that were significant, and, and in retrospect were very important to the work that I would later do. But, you know, the fact that this is my life now and that there are things that some people might perceive of as extraordinary, which are fairly ordinary to me now, is just something that I accept. When you continue to do this work, and I think this is true for anyone, your, your perception of your reality and yourself has to change. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it must be amazing to you, though. I mean, I remember going to some of your early uh, workshops and, you yeah. know, there was, there was a, 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 a very great group of people but small group and mm-hmm. now you're doing this all over the country all, all over mm-hmm. the world i guess is, is yeah, next. Yeah. and the crowds are getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. every time i see something uh, online about it's like my yeah. gosh look at how many people how did how yeah. do you respond to that
1: well, it's fun to work with that many people, but, you know, my job is the radio. So the radio is going to play, right. and whoever one, whoever's there gets to dance to the music or sing along. I mean, that's really what it is. So I'm in the chair doing my thing, regardless of whether it's 15 people or, you know, or 1,000. It's really not it, – the energy is really wonderfully high with a lot of people. For me personally, it's very, very gratifying. I was in Santa Santa Barbara just a couple of days ago, and I was doing a a fairly large workshop there. And because I'd never been to Santa Barbara before, I would say 90% of the people were new to me and new to the work but the guides come through and they attune everybody to the energies that they work with and it's a very Mm -hmm. physical thing so when i paul get to say how many of you were able to feel the energy and everybody raises their hand to me that's really gratifying and exciting because that means all of these people are now having an experience of of the divine or You know something beyond the physical realm that they've over-identified with that they can claim and hold as their own. You see, I'm not a guru. I'm not a spiritual teacher. That stuff really doesn't interest me. But I'm happy to be party to this experience of wonder that we're all sharing. I can't say that I really understand it or that I'm the expert in it. I just continue to show up for it because... I feel driven to, and I feel called to, and now it's what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's like part of my day. I mean, for many years, for 18 years, I had a little group that met in my apartment, and that's what I did once a week. I'd put up some folding chairs. We'd all sit down. People would leave 10 or 20 bucks in a basket, and then they would leave, and I would take the chairs down and order a pizza, and that was it. You know, that was, that was my, my, my big work. And you know, now it's it has become something else as, as each book comes out, it seems to call more people to the teaching as a whole and, and I'm 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 grateful for that, but it's pretty much what the guide said would happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh that's fantastic. So keep keep going, please. Um, let's get into the book a little bit. Uh, this book mm-hmm. I found, Paul, to be the most, uh, it's very clear, it's very utilitarian, mm-hmm. and it's fun mm-hmm. because it's, it's like it's almost interactive where the guides are like, okay, ready, let's go, and they give us another attunement. Now, they talk mm-hmm. about um, just by reading the book, you're getting some type of an attunement, and then yeah. by uh, saying some of the uh, affirmations I have, for lack of a better word, that you're being attuned, so mm-hmm. let, let me just read one to you uh, on page 173. I see a new world before me. I see what was made in form being reclaimed in truth and aligned to the source of all that is. And in this witnessing, I claim the song of love that all men may know what they are and love themselves and their fellows in the knowing of their truth. I say mm-hmm. these words of my own free will. I am in change. I am changed as truth rises in me and resurrects all I witness in its name. I am here. I am here. I am here. Could you talk a little bit about this passage, and most importantly, "I am here, I am here, I am here," mm-hmm. which uh, is throughout the text. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'll do my best. I mean, the first thing I have to say is I don't write the books. I'm, I'm, I'm the trans- I'm, I'm the speaker, and the, you know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm taking the dictation for them, so I can, ex- I can try to explain some of what I think they're talking about. A lot of what they're talking about is the manifestation of the divine in form. And that simply means the idea that the physical self and our own physical experience is not separate from our source. And we come from a history that has taught us God is in the clouds and we're stuck in the mud. Mm -hmm. And that's a teaching of separation. And the guides are saying, you know, God is the mud and it's also the blood in your veins and the eyes in your head and your breath and the sky and everything you see high and low and in between. So they say that the physical realm really cannot be transformed by us in a higher consciousness unless we accept that the form that we've taken ourselves is of this as well. So that's part one. Mm-hmm. The claim, I am here, I am here, I am here, which is the claim they brought through in the, uh, the book of Mastery, which was the first part of this trilogy. And you, can, you don't have to read the books in order. People can go between them because they, they do a good job of catching everybody up. Yes. But the claim, I am here, I am here, I am here, they say is a claim made by the true self or the divine self or the God within. So the true self in the claim, I am here, I am here, I am here, they say is announcing its purview. And they say that the purview of the divine self is everything that it sees and encounters. And I would say both physically and non-physically. So you'll have a relationship with everything you see. My guides would say that everything that you see, you are in agreement to. That doesn't mean you like it or you made it happen, but it does mm-hmm. mean that you're in vibratory accord to it because there's a level of alignment that's required. Now, what that means is, is that you are co-creating your world because the consciousness that you hold is informing everything that you see the claim, I am here, I am here, I am here, if I understand it correctly, pretty much means that it's now the true self that is the one who is in charge of this. And consequently, what you're seeing will then be informed by that consciousness. If you can go to the idea that the divine or God or whatever you want to call it sees God in everything because nothing can be outside of God, you're kind of getting a better handle on on what they're trying to teach but the claim i am here i am here i am here they say is the divine self and its purview and they also say that when you claim that there's a bit of no going back which means you're consenting to the divine self to be the one who is leading you forward on this path now no longer the small self who wants things to be as he thinks they should or as would gratify, you know, the egoic personality structure. Um, yep. But you're, you're claiming something in a much different way.
0: How, how can we, and maybe this is a question for the guides, how, how, can we, how can we do that? Because we're so surrounded by all the small self world that we live in, the, the kind of the conscious, mm-hmm. the conscious world. How, how, how can we, you know, the book says that um, you do the attunements, and uh, then you're at this level how do we once we we're done with the book and we've been attuned i mean can you go back and say uh i know who i am in truth i know what i am in truth i know how mm-hmm. i serve in truth and will that continue to like be fuel for our uh, ascension if you will i mean what can yeah. we do to deal with uh you know the world we live in which is not an easy world and i know we co-create our consciousness and it affects everything but and maybe, maybe this is a question for the guys. How do, how do we wrestle with um, their teaching and our attunement and dealing with the day-to-day? They say that oh, they're there to help us and that we can yeah, call on them Yeah, I'll do my best to help.
1: answer this. I, I don't know that I'm going to okay. channel on your show because I've been channeling all day and my brain's okay. a little fried from it. Sure, sure. But sure. I'm going to do my best mm-hmm. to answer this. These things are attunements. Now, imagine that you're a radio and you're always playing a broadcast, your broadcast is your consciousness. If I look at the news and I'm told to be frightened of something, I am aligning to that level of agreement. The guides say that everything you see in your life was named by somebody who came before you. I know that a lamp is a lamp because somebody once called it a lamp. So essentially we're living in a museum. But the guides also said that everything that has been created can be recreated in a higher way. Now, that's good news, but again, it goes back to this idea of who is witnessing. What aspect of the self are you operating as? So the divine self, the true self as you, I think the guides would say, is never afraid because the divine self doesn't exist to fear, doesn't, doesn't correlate to the vibration of fear. So if I'm operating in fear, I'm pretty well certain to be operating from the personality self. Your question about how to maintain this, I think is a really valid question and it's one that I struggle with. One of the things that I do know is that if, I, if my attunement is to a radio station and the dial slips back to the old station I used to play, I now have the tools to choose to put the station back and that's what these attunements are. Some people like to call them affirmations. The guides call them claims of truth. And they say that because when something is true, it is always true. So you're not all right now. I'm Paul. I live in a a male body. Mm -hmm. I live in New York City. I can say that these things are true at a certain level, but I, I can always say at this moment in time, my name is Paul. I'm in a male body. I live in New York City and I'm talking to you. That will always be true at this level of vibration in what we know is time. But are these things always true forever? It's always true that it was happening in this moment. It won't be true tomorrow, but it's happening in the now. So when the guys speak to what is true is always true, they're speaking to the eternal self that is expressing beyond gender, beyond race, beyond personality structure. The divine as you always knows who he is. So that claim, I know who I am in truth, I know what I am in truth, I know how I serve in truth, is not claimed by Robert who's trying to figure it out or Paul who Mm -hmm. doesn't know what the hell is going on some days. (laughs) It's claimed by the aspect of us that does know. In that claim, we're actually aligning our vibratory field to claim this so that our reality must then begin to conform it. Now, I don't think that this is a quick fix. I don't think that means that if I'm having a bumpy day, I'm going to say magic words and find my way out of it. I can choose to think another thought. I can choose to work with the attunements. But, you know, for all I know, the encounter that I'm having with the thing that's making me uncomfortable is the very thing that I get to move beyond in order to have a higher awareness. And without that encounter, I ain't going to get it. Mm -hmm. So there's some idea in the new age, I think, that we're supposed to be, you know, floating around all day long. But I think if that were the case, nobody would ever get the flu or lose a child
0: exactly. or,
1: or witness something challenging. And you know, I think to pretend that those things aren't there would be would would be wrong. I'm not somebody who says, you know, I think we're happier, we can keep our vibration higher if we don't watch the news, but I will also say there is a kind of willful ignorance that can come with that as well, which is it doesn't apply to me, but we're living in a shared landscape, and everybody's consciousness is contributing to what we see in the world right now. So, I don't remember what I was saying, this idea that it's all supposed to be nice, I think if we get rid of the word nice and the value judgments that we place on things and we begin to understand the possibility that the divine is present in everything including the things we don't like in this sort of strange dance that we're all engaged in we get to have a bit of a different experience Mm -hmm. you know I mean the guides talk about this in the text and it's you know I, you know, I think that, that they want us to be, they would like I think, us to be in a place of joy and rapturous joy, perhaps, or wonder. But the awareness of the divine doesn't exclude death. It doesn't exclude what we've created on this plane by way of war or famine. These are our things, you know, and until we can attend to them in a higher way, we're not going to change everything. And how we witness and what we see, this idea, that everything we witness, we are actually claiming an identity. And if we begin to claim it from the higher vibratory octave or the higher consciousness or perception, we may actually lift things to a higher level of being becomes a way that we can attend to all of this stuff. Yeah, don't that know makes if that
0: made sense. Okay. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I was—I'll like, give you an example. My my wife, who's five foot one, I mean, she's mm-hmm. she was a social worker a number of years mm-hmm. ago, and she used to work in the toughest neighborhoods in New York City. And I said, yeah. "Wow, weren't you, you know, concerned walking around?" And she said, "No, because I'm at this level where I'm I'm kind of uh, where I'm I'm working from. Uh, these things don't come to me for some reason." Mm and uh i don't it wasn't coming from ego her answer it was just about yeah. it was like kind of a screen where i'm at this spot where it's the 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 bad stuff kind of doesn't come if you're at if you're elevating yourself the bad stuff doesn't come into that purview does that make sense
1: yeah it does i mean i don't know if that means that we're not going to have encounters with things that that are going to challenge us Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we will, but I think what we get and what we encounter, perhaps, is all there for us to learn through. Mm -hmm. You know, if I hadn't had a really bumpy couple of years in my 20s and finally said, I give up, I'm willing to see if there's something more out there, not because I thought it would be a nice thing to get spiritual, because I really had no option. But to look beyond the known, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm having now in my life. It wouldn't be present for me. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, the biggest challenges can also be the greatest opportunities in retrospect. But we're not able to take the long view for ourselves or our world. And the guides are speaking about truth as an energy that's really recreating everything. And that's not necessarily comfortable. They talk about it as if it's a tidal wave. And Mm -hmm. they say those things that are not moored in truth are going to have to be recreated in a higher way. That's not a negative thing. It just means, you know, this isn't a cosmetic fix. Mm -hmm. This is about transformation and and great change. And I I would hope, hopeful and positive change. But I do think that we still have choices
0: around all that. Got it. So from a user standpoint, for our mm-hmm. audience, people read your books, um, yeah. the guides uh, books, and um, let's say they read, they just finished a book of truth. They went through all the claims of truth, and mm-hmm. then they're like, they're out on their own then. Is it, would you say it was? it's helpful for them? Like, I, I know, I wake up in the morning, the first thing I say is, I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth. I say it to myself, and then I do some affirmations to kind of get my day going. It means something mm-hmm. to me. And mm-hmm. I have taken a lot of the claims of truth from mm-hmm. the book and put them in my phone, and I read them mm-hmm. now and then. Is that something mm-hmm. that that is sh- that we you know that's helpful for people? Or once you go through the attunements from the book through the claims of truth, I mean that's it. I mean I, I always think as a Reiki master mm-hmm. teacher, yeah. we always get reattuned, and it's a mm-hmm. good thing. So I w- I was I would think that um, it, it can't hurt to take. Some of the learning, the teachings from the book with you, on, and kind of incorporate them in your day to day routine.
1: I agree with you. I, it, it, this is my understanding. With the attunements themselves, and there are a few of them, really a handful of them at this point, um, that the guides work with consistently. Once you're attuned, it simply means that the radio that you are can play this level of broadcast, and it's usually palpable. So if you ever come to a workshop again, you'll see the energy mm-hmm. that comes through is potent and present and people can feel it and you can work with it. And that's very helpful to support you in trusting it yourself because if it's real in a room full of people and your hands are tingling and you're, you're, you know, you're seeing the person before you're mm-hmm. radiating light, you can begin to say, okay, this can be done and I have capacity here. So once the attunement is done, it's always available to you. But I'm doing these attunements in every workshop that the guides conduct, and I feel the differences in the energy depending on the group of people. And I love feeling the energy. So is it good for once? Is it good for all? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of this work has to do with the idea of realization. The guides say this. it's always true, but you're realizing the truth and what these claims are may take some time because it may take some time for you to let go of, of, of the baggage or, or yeah. the ideas that you may have that may be precluding that realization. The guides say that realization and knowing are the same thing. So the claim, I know who I am, is a claim of the realized self, the one who already knows. That's not going to be claimed by the personality self who doesn't know, but by the true self who does. As you work with this, my hope, if the guides are to to be believed on this, and at this point I have to assume that that they must be because they're so consistent and so many people are having the experiences with it, you're claiming and bringing into reality through these claims because they're already true at a higher level. And then the manifest form needs to reflect it.
0: OK, so if you are riding uh, the subway and you Mm -hmm. said to yourself, you look around at all those grim faces on the C train Uh and say, I know who you are in truth. I know what you are in truth. I know how you serve in truth. Is that I would think that's a good thing. It's a great thing. You can also say I'm worth through each one present.
1: I'm Mm -hmm. worth all that I see before me. Any of those claims of truth from the books will work I do it when I remember to I do it in the airports because I'm in airports all the mm-hmm. time you know and it'll change my experience of being there you know it's very easy to do this work in a spiritual group with people that you like but you know it's kind of astonishing to do it when you're you know Out in public or you're in a store you don't have to say these things aloud you're claiming what is always true Mm -hmm. at the higher level by doing this and more than likely your experience of what you see will begin then to
0: transform now it seems like the the core of if you put all these books together the core teaching seems to be recognize the God in every every person that you come across that Mm -hmm. we're all from that same Christ consciousness, and Mm -hmm. the key is to recognize it. Would that be? I know I'm summarizing it, something that's much more complicated than that, but to me, that's the takeaway I always seem to get, and it's so important, and it makes a difference.
1: Yes, you're right, and I would take it a step farther in terms of where I see the guides going with this, which is to realize it, which is to know it. To recognize something and to know something, and I mean know it in your fiber of your being, may be a little bit different. Realization, mm-hmm. realizing everybody as the divine is actually supporting them in this claim in their own lives. So, you know, I recognize that guy over there. He's, he's Swedish. You're recognizing, knowing who this person is, um, as an aspect of the Creator in realization, He can only be this. You see, there's not a lot. Let me see if I can put it this way, because I'm really getting this finally now, after all these years with these guides.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: is not a theoretical teaching. This isn't, you know, this isn't about an idea. They're really speaking about the Divine Incarnate as who we are. And they said in the very first book. Uh, I am the word. They said the Christ in man, or humanity, is an event that happens. And I am only starting to get what they really meant by that as these teachings progress, because they're really working on form now and the exclusion of form, which they say has been inhibiting that realization. So to realize someone else, to claim them as their true self is actually to align them to what they already are in the higher octave or higher dimension, I guess is another word. But my guides don't you say dimension, they mm-hmm. say octave. They say, ev- like they say every note on a piano, say so you play the, the C note. A C note exists all the way up the scale and beyond mm-hmm. the scale that's visible on a, on a keyboard. It goes off into infinity. You are realizing that human being in the higher octave that they also exist in. And realization Mm -hmm. means no. And as you know that, that human being may opt or align to this and encounter themselves in a new way as a result.
0: So when we come across people who are doing really bad things, we should keep what you just stated in mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, this isn't new stuff. Um, I think we like to condemn people. You know, my guides say self-righteousness is always Mm -hmm. the small self, always, without exception. Sure. And they say, you know, you 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 can't be the light and hold another in darkness. It's hypocrisy. And what you put in darkness calls you right, right there with it. So, you know, I mean, all of those things are true. When you see so the idea of bad is also a, a, an idea that's, I think, probably fraught with a lot of historical data. You know, what's good for somebody is bad for somebody else.
0: Right. I, I mean, now, you know what I mean. The random stuff that happens, Paul, like, you know, somebody yeah. in New York goes up and stabs somebody or cold cocks somebody. Understood. That of stuff, that's well, what let I'm me referring.
1: see. What I, what, I, what I believe the key is here is to realize the divinity in the one, in everybody involved. But that doesn't mean you support behavior that's harmful. I mean, my guides are the first one to see. You know, if you're walking down the street and you see a fight and you're in a position to help stop it, do sure. so. Do you know? It's yep. not about passivity and it's not about not taking action. I do think it's about not operating in fear. And the idea of, I guess it's the old idea, I mean, they talk about this, I think, in the book of Mastery, because somebody asked a question um, that was included in the book because some of those chapters were dictated in, in classes, you know, live or in live streams, mm-hmm. and some of the questions were there. And somebody said, well, what about a murderer? And I think, you know, murder is not holy.
0: And if somebody it's asked about act, Hitler,
1: I remember, yeah. In this one, it's possible, I suppose. No,
0: in one of of the workshops I attended, somebody asked about Ah, Hitler, I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the idea is that the divine exists in everything. You Mm -hmm. really can't exclude anything from it. Does that mean that somebody's evolved or it's a high act? No, it Mm -hmm. doesn't. You know what I mean. But I think what the guide said was in the book was that – You know, murder is not a holy act, but the murderer still is holy because you can't exclude him from the divine. His expression is screwed up. It's fear-based. He's acting in fear. I think they say something like he's really, you know, anybody who does that has very much forgotten who he is. They've departed from Mm -hmm. their essence, in a way. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. The Mm -hmm. idea of, I'm going to use the word, and it's not a word that the guides use, or really my word, but the idea of salvation cannot exist if we're already stuck. You know, the idea of redemption, the idea that the divine principle is active in all things, actually means that it has the potential to be realized and known. Um, and to say that that's not the case, I think the guides would say would be a form of heresy, would be denying the divine that, it, that must be there because
0: it's in all things. Mm-hmm. Got it. Two quick questions, Paul, and I'll let mm-hmm. you go. I know you've had a long day. One is, uh, and I think it's an important one, the guides suggest in the book, they say, we're here to help you. How, how can people who read the book and make the claims of truth call on the mm-hmm. guides?
1: I hear. Thank you for helping me. Would start. Help. Help would start. What else? Mm-hmm. I actually hear. Think of the questions you need and ask the answers to come to, and ask for the answers to come to, and we can them in a way that you can know them. So I suppose it's different depending on what people are requiring. I've met people in my travels who I think assume that the guides that are writing the text are their personal guides. Like, I asked the guides which sweater to wear to the interview. I think I don't think my guides care what sweater I wear to the interview. I think these guys are <laughs> here to support us in teaching. I don't know if they care that I get the job either, but they do care that I don't operate in fear, and they do care that I'm willing to grow, and they do care that I'm able to support this work getting out into the world. And I think that that's probably true for all of us. So I think the guides are there to help um, support each other teaching. Uh, if somebody hear it from them directly. We want to support the teaching. They're saying we want to support people in the teaching as they require it, as they require it, as will be answered. I hear ask and it will be answered, period. And they're saying, period. Okay, so that's from hope. them.
0: I uh, say thank you to the guides also, and I I word the guides every morning, and I want to uh-huh. thank you, Paul, and thank the guides. So please thank oh. them for me. And it's it, it's just I know they're I know they're there. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I had to take an MRI this week, and I don't like mm-hmm. taking an MRI because yeah. I got stuck in an elevator, and I asked for uh-huh. my guides, my angels, and Paul, your guides, yeah. to be there, uh-huh. and I could feel the presence, and I just felt like I was floating inside. It was Wonderful. not a. The anxiety was before, not during. So uh, thank, thank, I'm very thankful to them. Um, one last question for you, mm-hmm. and this is completely left field. I know mm-hmm. you're an empath, Paul, so I'm going to ask you about, my, since my son was created mm-hmm. right after your workshop with my wife, I just want to mm-hmm. ask if you could, as an empath, tell me a little bit about my son. His name is Sky Serge Manny.
1: And his age, please?
0: He's four years old. Let
1: me see if I can feel into him at all. He actually comes through saying, I don't want you to tell me anything. I want to do it all myself. So that's how he's coming through right now, which is, and this is just him at a personality level. So I feel him at a level of personality. I'm doing my way stop it. He's essentially saying, I'm doing it my way. Stop it. So he's running his own show right now, as he should. And I hear, as he should, he came. I actually hear he came because you are ready for him. Keep paving the way. Keep paving the way. He will tell you what he, needs. he will tell you what he needs at each level of his development. He will announce his next need. He will announce his next need. They're saying continue to be attentive. You will serve his growth well, and you will serve his growth well. Period. And they're saying period
0: fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for that. And that was right on. That's exactly his personality. So thanks. Yeah. You're
1: uh, welcome.
0: Paul, Thanks again for being mm-hmm. uh, You're the most special guest on this show. Um, um, and I'm I not just you. making that up. And you're the only, you're my only guest that throws me off and makes me nervous for some reason. <laughs> so thank you for putting up with me. And thank you again for being on Guys Guys Radio. Could you please tell our audience where they can uh, find the Book of Truth, uh, your other sure. books, your website, and I know you have mm-hmm. some uh, workshops coming up.
1: Sure. Um, my website is my name. It's uh, Paul Selig, P A U L S E L I G dot com. If you sign up for the mailing list, you'll get you'll get you know the monthly alerts of of where we'll be and and where the workshops are happening. I do live streams pretty much every Wednesday night. The guides are teaching, so people can join virtually by either subscribing to an individual class or series. Um, or to the website itself, um, something called Students of the Word, where you get access to all of the past lectures that they've ever done and, you know, that, that are recorded. So there's all these options. There are workshops coming up. Um, I'm going to be in at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, this coming weekend in London, the following weekend in um, Birmingham, England the following weekend, and then there's uh, a five day retreat in Boone, North Carolina, workshops at the Eslin Institute in Big Sur, California, Madison, Wisconsin, Boston. We're all over the place. So you know, if you're interested, come. It's it's a, it's 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 an interesting and worthwhile experience, especially. If you're intrigued by this, um, you may find yourself even more so after you've sort of worked with the energy of the guides and the books. You can get at any bookseller, and they're certainly available online through, you know, Amazon and Indiebound and Barnes and Noble, um, or on my website. You can click the links to those booksellers
0: as well fantastic well thanks so much paul for being a guest on guys guys radio i really appreciate it thank you to the guides and everybody i highly endorse paul's work the new book is the book of truth the master trilogy book two a channel text i can't wait till the next book and uh everybody go out and check out paul and his workshops are fantastic who knows you might end up with a baby after it
1: mm-hmm.
0: there you go thank you, Robert. <laughs> thanks so much paul be well uh, bye bye now Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to do the Guys, Guys, Guide. So let's take a quick break right now. Okay, we're back. So uh, Guys, Guys, Guide, just real quick. I talked about anxiety earlier in the show and uh, the fact that I had to have an MRI. And uh, what I learned was that um, anxiety exists in the mind. And we are the ones who perpetrate anxiety and turn it into fear we create it. It doesn't exist unless we perpetuate it and recreate it. So what happened to me was I was thinking about, as I mentioned, I had uh, got stuck in an elevator a number of years ago and I had never been claustrophobic and I'm not claustrophobic, but I started to get a little bit queasy about, uh, closed in places. And I did some hypnosis work and pretty much got rid of it a few years ago. After my, uh, surgery, I had to go through an MRI and, uh, I, I was like, gee, I don't know. I didn't even do any research on it until the day before. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go in that tube. But sure enough, I had to and uh I marked on the list, uh you know, the questionnaire that I had some issues with the enclosed spaces. So what of course, what do they do? They they convinced me to go into a test program. Uh which, which actually doubled the time I spent in the tube, which I didn't realize till afterwards. And then I told them, what are, you, what are you doing? Take me out of this test program. I thought the test would help people, but I didn't realize I had to spend twice as much time in the tube. The following year, uh, they put me in even a smaller tube after I filled out the form and said, "You know, I don't really like the enclosed spaces that much. And uh, I figured just go in, deal with it. And I did, and it broke. So I was stuck in the tube and then they got me out and put me in a little bit larger tube. So I wasn't looking forward to it this year and it was on my mind it was in my mind and I had anxiety 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 and I did a uh Saint Germain uh violet flame meditation for a half hour prior to the prior to going off to the uh MRI imaging place and uh it really stuck with me it really helped me and I was in the tube and went I'm a being of violet fire. I'm the purity God desires. And I kept that going on and on. But also what I did was I asked, as I mentioned to Paul, I asked my guides, my angels and Paul's guides like I, and, and Christ, my Christ consciousness to be there with me. And uh, I really felt like I was floating. It wasn't an issue. I felt like I was floating in the tube. There was a nice breeze and I just laid back and relaxed. And uh, before I knew it, it was over and I just forgot about it. But I wanted to mention it to you folks, because what I learned, again, is that the anxiety was just something I created. Experience wasn't bad, but the anxiety leading up to it was perpetrated by my own mind. And I think that's something we run into all the time. We create a lot of problems mentally. And it's, uh, we have to be careful to choose the right conscious thoughts, because thoughts can become things. And so we have to, As and we're talking with Paul about, you know, keeping your consciousness at a high level and don't get sucked into the to the mess because even though you'll be challenged all the time, um, you're much better off and you're helping the world if you can keep yourself at a level of frequency that you can pull in the right type of radio, that radio programming that you want. And uh, so that's that's our show for this evening. We've been doing the show for couple of years straight and I'm going to take a break next week. It's 4th of July week. A lot of people on vacation. We're going to take the week off. Then we're going to be back the following week and keep going and going and going. And I want to thank everybody, all my listeners on guys, guys radio. You've been fantastic sticking with me as I build this brand and uh, we're going to continue get more guests, more great guests and learn a lot more together. I'm getting a free education on my show and I hope you are also. So I'm here for you. If you have any ideas, You want to contact me, reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, remember that, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.